Yeah, I'm whistling some Lizzo. (laughs) Feeling good as hell, Tim? I'm feeling good as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode 151 of the Erasable Podcast. I am Andy Welfley. I'm on hosting duties today. And I'm joined this Monday evening, this mid-October evening, by Tim and Johnny. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. What's going on? Hey, not much. It's uh, it's um, mid-October, and uh, we thought we would get a um, get a start on this spooky Halloween season um, by talking about some of our favorite Halloween-themed uh, stationery, pencils, uh, notebooks, uh, and then kind of expand that scope a little bit and talk about like books and movies and TV shows and things that we like that are are spooky or Halloween based. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a free form discussion later, but I think that should be good. Um, since, you know, I don't know, I don't know how spooky, you know, we can like stationary is, is sort of like intrinsically. So no, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. Oh, <laughs> Buckle I'm going to bring up. the spooky. <laughs> this is my John wick pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we do that, um, Tim, do you want to get us started with some tools of the trade? Sure. Uh, so for consuming, we have just been enjoying the return of the Great British Baking Show, which uh, we've been missing for a long time. And they have brought back with an NBA style <laughs> bubble format, I guess, <laughs> uh-huh. where they've got everybody like everybody had to like live on site for like couple weeks and like they brought their families and stuff and they just had to like stay there. They couldn't leave. Um, but it yeah, it sounds like fun. Yeah. Hopefully they set amazing. up cameras and they're just going to make like a real world style. Like <laughs> after awesome. they, they did. Like, that, like would be, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's always it's, the, the first few episodes are always my favorite with the show because they're the people who get in there and just, and I'm not like laughing at them, but just the people who, <laughs> and just are like, They just completely bomb, like, you know, like nothing works. And it's just like so fascinating. It's like, you made it past a lot of checkpoints to get to this point. And that would really suck to to make it all the way there and then have that go so poorly. Um, But also you're just like meeting all the people and everything. So we were just like, I think it's, there's only like three episodes out on Netflix. So we've been enjoying that. Um, Music, I've been kind of like listening to the same stuff besides there's a lot of good new music coming out this month. I talked about some of it last time. Like, and uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this one, but uh, Tom Petty's wildflowers. Did I talk about this last time? No, I don't think I I did, but um, it's like, it's my favorite Tom Petty album. It's probably one of my top five. And when he originally recorded it with Rick Rubin uh, at Shangri-La in California, he, uh, it was supposed to be a double album. So they recorded like a two disc album and they took it to their, their uh, recording company. And they basically like said, no, we think that's too risky at this like later stage of your career. You should just make it one album and then like stripped it back to one disc, which it was a great album, but uh, he had been planning for years and years and years to release the full version, like with everything. Uh, And then he passed away. And when he passed away, the plans for that got all like wrapped up in this legal crud with his family mm-hmm. and so it's finally coming out though so this friday uh 
it's called wildflowers and all the rest. And so it has like the rest of the album and then, or like the double, the full double disc version of it. And then also like home homemade demos and some other extra kind of bonus feature things. Um, they never found, they searched and they searched, but they never found the original track listing that he had made for the double disc version, which is kind of a bummer. Cause I was hoping to see what that would be, you know, like rearranged and all that and see where some of these other songs that I'm so familiar with like fall where Tom Petty actually wanted them to be. But Anyways, but one thing I have been listening to is they did release the homemade demo for the song Wildflowers, like the the title track, and it's available everywhere, and it's really good. I always love hearing those like homemade demos and the, the original versions back when it was just like getting an idea down on paper. So I always yeah. I always love that. So that's that's out there somewhere. And then um, as far as reading, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading for school stuff, like just rereading some things. But I did pick up a book that I've been looking forward to for a long time. This poet, Maggie Smith, who I found on Twitter just through like mutual contacts. And I think she's had a few like sort of viral tweets. And so she has kind of a presence or viral uh, poems that so she has a, a pretty good presence on Twitter. But like a year ago, she, or a time frame I could be off, but like at least a year ago, it was a while back, she was going through a really difficult time in her life. And she started this like practice to get herself out of this horrible time by tweeting basically like an affirmation to herself every day, like something to like encourage herself. And then every one of them ended with the words keep moving. And so this uh, past week, um, she released a really beautiful book of like a sort of best of, of those little aphorisms and mini memoirs and stuff that, that she wrote and it's wonderful. So awesome! it's a fantastic little book, very encouraging. Um, and yeah, I just, it just hit me like right when I needed to hear it. And it's a lot of stuff about, you know, you know, imagining the life that you thought you'd have versus the life that you do have. And it's, it's one of those where I can't like describe it too much or it's going to start sounding like super like corny self-helpy, but it's really not. And it's, it's written by a poet. And so it's really, everything's really beautifully written. And even just the physical book is like one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen. I don't know if, did you guys have the physical copy of the, uh, the life changing magic of tidying up? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You know how it's like, it doesn't have like a, a dust jacket. It's just like the, hardcover like printed it's printed much like that book um but it's a bigger size kind of a squarish shape it's wonderful so i i really love it and i've been really enjoying that and i, I am writing with a palomino hb and i am using using my uh 70s windbreaker blue moleskin notebook that i talked about <laughs> last time <laughs> yeah how about you johnny awesome. um so we've been like binging tons of tv but like some of it i don't want to admit to watching <laughs> um, we watched the fall. It's, um, it was a Brit box. They like took it back as they're like going through and taking all their shows away. Um, it has the guy, what's his name? Jamie Dornan from 50 shades of gray who people said couldn't act. And like, man, that is, that is very much the case. Sort of like at parts you're like, why is he in this freaking show? Like he could play a serial killer cause he can't act and his face is blank all the time. But um, it's a, a three series show about a serial killer with a disappointing ending. So it sounds like he's right for the part then. Well, yeah. unless he's not the serial killer. He, I mean, he is the serial killer, but you know, oh, okay. you know from the start, <laughs> no, no spoiler. But um, it's yeah, it's it's weird. It's a lot of like cat and mouse, and then yeah, 
then now I'm going to start giving spoilers. Okay, maybe is, is that the one with Jillian Anderson? Yeah. Yep, she's so great. Yeah, she was really good in it. She was freaking awesome. And the guy who was in um, Retribution, whose name I can't think of, with the very dark eyebrows and very lush beard was in it. He's very good and stuff, too. Um, and I read Stolen Sharpie Revolution in like 20 minutes <laughs> because it has lots of pictures. But um, last time we had Ed Kemp on and we talked about zines. So I ordered that from his Etsy shop and it's like super cool book. So if you're like even remotely interested in starting a zine, like it's a good place to start because, you know, all the information that you might want is in one book. Like what's a distro? What does a distro do? Why should you not start one? Because it's a lot of work, blah, blah, blah. And um, I guess in another format, I've discovered a cool band. They were on um, NPR last weekend called Idols, all in capital letters. Not the Idols, that's a different band. They're um, a British band, like British Don't Call Us Punk punk band, <laughs> with uh, a new album that's got really cool songs like um, Never Fight a Man with a Perm, and one called <laughs> Anxiety that's really about mental health. It's like really freaking good music. I've been super enjoying it. I was tempted to make the October playlist just their new album, but that would be unfair to people that don't like very loud music. <laughs> so yeah, that that's uh, all my consumptions. And I'm writing with a, oh, this is a Sanford American that I stripped the paint off of because it was coming off. So it's one of the most fragrant pencils I've ever had. And it writes beautifully. And I'm using my Bellini Leuchtturm. It's um like peachy orange. Not as autumnal as I'd hoped. But it's almost full, so that's good. How about you, Andy? What about me? Um I think I talked last time about these this show, this British show that's on um Peacock called Escape to the Chateau, about a mm-hmm. British British family who moves to France and um renovates a, a an old like like 45 room chateau and it's 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 kind of like the se- season is like the f- sixth season sorry series is wrapping up and uh yeah we're just kind of like getting to the the end of what they have so far so it's it's a it's really good it's very relaxing it has that same sort of like the vibes of the uh the bake off great british baking show um in Did you that, say that, six, sixth season yeah, the six series. Yeah, oh, wow. Been, yeah, and um, we're we're coming up on like autumn twenty nineteen. So I know that like when COVID hits, I'm really going to be interested to see what they do because their whole thing is they're doing it for a like they have a wedding space and they have like these like Airbnb like like um, suites and <laughs> they're going to get to a point where they can't do that. So I hope that they were able to like. You know, we'll. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they have anything else that they're doing. But they they do stuff like, you know, they get they get bees and they start producing their own honey and they um, have a. They really want to produce uh, truffles, you know, like mushroom truffles, and so they buy oak trees and <laughs> seed the uh, the the tree roots with like truffle spores and then they have to change the ph balance of the of the dirt because like they only grow in a certain acidity level so it's really really interesting just just kind of like they start from scratch basically anyhow um 
almost done with that. Um, I put down here that I've been watching the debates, but I don't know if that's <laughs> anything we want to talk about because that's not something to be proud of. Um, well, you and the guys, fly. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys watch Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah. Was, oh, it was a good one. That was a good, really good episode. Yeah. Bill Burr. Oh, man. Yeah. That was good overall. And yeah. Jack White. Oh, <laughs> perfect. But that, that, the, vice presidential debate where he's like uh vice president pence you get the first question well thank you the topic is coronavirus damn it (laughs) 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 oh it was yeah that was really well done i it's been a minute since i've seen jack white perform and that dude just rocks wow he does yeah he's like that's what you see him and you're so good rock and roll is still alive yeah apparently because that was i can't I can't look at him and not think of Johnny Depp playing um, Edward Scissorhands, like Willy Wonka oh, or yeah. Edward Scissorhands or something. <laughs> well, that was a. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I saw an amazing tweet where they somebody had said uh, that you know they had replaced Morgan Waller or whatever the hell his name is, that country guy who like was partying at a frat yeah. with no mask on. So they yeah. they kicked him out and brought in Jack White, and somebody said, you know, this is a perfect pick because he's got all the antibodies he needs since he died of typhoid fever in 1884. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, and he was like, it was like full on Hendrix mode. Like the way he was playing. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. And that drummer was really good. Yeah. That whole yeah. thing. The stand up drummer. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Watch this and it's back. Um, there's a, there's a show I've talked about here before called last tango in Halifax, which is this BBC, BBC show. Um, and they started, man, probably six years ago, but they've only managed to do like, like three seasons since then. And they're kind of like last season is, is happening right now. It's about, it's about just a really sweet show about like an older couple who like meet later in life. They were like high school sweethearts and kind of like how they're much different families kind of merged together. Um, gets a little off the rails, but it's pretty good. Um, final TV show I've mentioned. I'm watching a lot of TV, I guess, lately. Um, did we talk about this before? Star Trek Lower Decks? I don't think so. Mm-mm. It is a new Star Trek animated series. Um, what? You know, Star Trek the animated series from the 70s was uh, very much like a children's animated show of like, like Kirk and Spock and like, you know, the, the original actors. Um, but they started this, um, the last year no earlier this year um in the summer and it is kind of like star trek meets rick and morty it's a definitely like an adult cartoon show um and it's pretty pretty wacky um but it's it's very um sort of like self-aware like it's it's kind of like a a comedy show for star trek fans like they have this whole thing about how um they're in the holodeck and they're they're trying to make a movie out of like the thing that they're doing the holodeck and so the the movie version of what their like what their holodeck program is has like a whole bunch of lens flare (laughs) and they talk about how they're in a movie just like the original like jj abrams like 2009 star trek (laughs) so it was (laughs) it was a a joke for like 12 people (laughs) yeah And last thing I'll mention, um, there's a uh, book series that I read a couple. Um, it's, it's just really just like trashy action adventure um, series. It's called The Invisible Library. Um, it is uh, by a woman named Genevieve Cogman. And it's kind of like it's a the sort of like interdimensional library that collects books from like rare books from 
authors in various realities and she's like a spy but she's also a librarian and it's just really not that great but also really fun to read sometimes <laughs> you just need to take your, your mind off things so you're rereading it no i'm just reading it for the first time oh okay sorry i thought you said you had read the whole series already i was like oh no that's a really it's, great uh, there's a- for jumping back into first seven books <laughs> yeah (laughs) it was fine so i'm gonna start it over yeah okay yeah it goes it goes really fast and i I mean honestly it it feels it feels like it would be good for um like you know teens with a slightly more advanced reading level too it Mm. like has kind of that young adult kind of feel to it even though it's not specifically young adult yeah um and then i am writing with um i picked up a um 600 news by Musgrave recently um, for the first yes. time in a long time. Yeah. So I've been using that in my, in my lich turn. This thing's just like turned to powder as you write. I, I can't, I, I can't sharpen it in my black wing sharp in my black wing. No, it um, doesn't like that thing. No. Like milled sharpener. No, it just cannot handle it. So I have to use it. My, um, my burr sharpener with it. Uh, it's like chalk. It's like writing with chalk. Yeah, really I mean, it's not unpleasant. <laughs> it's, like, and it's nice round. It's like the chalk from good. hell. It's like so black. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Spooky pencil right there. None more. Chalk from hell. It's none more black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I colored in a picture with it recently and I saw like figures moving within it like it was another dimension. It was crazy. <laughs> Vanta Black the pencil. The souls of the you know, pencils that were consumed to create it. <laughs> the souls of the trees. <laughs> of the dinosaurs that uh, created the cards. <laughs> souls of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, right. carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to our fresh points section? Sure. Tim, I'm excited by your two fresh points here. Well, on, speaking of Musgrave, on the subject of Musgrave, yeah, here's two more. Um, I'll start with the pencils because uh, Andy, you so kindly sent me some. I got them with, uh, which you're going to be talking about the amazing new plumbago. So I'll, I'll leave that to you. But you sent some of these new, uh, shared your debate pencils with me. So Musgrave was commemorating the fact that Belmont University is hosting the third presidential debate, if it happens. <laughs> so, um, and Big so they made, <laughs> they made a three-pack of pencils. It's a red, white, and blue. So I'm not really sure why they picked those colors, but I mean, it, it works. You know, they kind of go together. <laughs> uh, but And it's got... France. I think they France, really like France. France. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Just fans of the Washington Bullets basketball team of the eighties and nineties. Uh, so yeah, they're really, really good looking round pencils and they have the, what I always call like the, uh, like hard candy peppermint eraser, the, the red and white. Mm. Oh, uh, I love that triangle. Yeah. So, and, and they're really good looking. They're good looking. They came in a cool little sleeve. I think it's a really, uh, really good call on their part to do this too, uh, to commemorate something in a totally kind of neutral, purely, Kind of purely patriotic thing, so I I, yeah. I, I love that they did this. It's and these are going to be some, yeah. These are going to be collectors items if that thing doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to eBay, they're already collectors items. Ugh. Really? Yeah. Someone had a listing of two of the three for fifty bucks. I'm like, what'd what? you do the other one? They're still you available on the one? website. <laughs> yeah, for six dollars, <laughs> you can still buy them, <laughs> okay. guys. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they didn't do like. You know, hey, it's the election. Here's a red, white, and blue pencil. They're like, hey, this is a specific night that we got asked to do pencils for. So, you know, local pride and stuff is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to order a, well, actually, uh, Jason. So you guys are familiar with from the membership. Hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now 
with covered in dust, the membership podcast. Uh, but he went to Belmont. So I was going to order another set. And, and, oh, and awesome. Those, oh, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a graduate of Belmont grew up in the Nashville area. Uh, but yeah, it's very, has anybody, very cool. has anybody sharpened these up yet? Do we know if it's just a stock kind of like blank Musgrave or if it's based oh, on I something? Don't know. I have waited. <laughs> I have not sharpened it yet. <laughs> just like, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks, I mean, it was kind of hard to tell looking at the bottom, but they look kind of cedarish. I mean, they look kind of, I mean, it didn't have that whatever like basswood look to it or something. So they, they look pretty nice, but by the price, I would guess that they are, but I don't know. They do have very well centered cores. Yeah. So a good looking pencil <laughs> for sure. And the other piece of Musgrave news. Bing, bing, bing. On my head right now, barely Likewise. containing my giant melon, <laughs> is the Musgrave Ebbetsfield flannels collaboration hat that was uh, shipped out this past week. And so we all got ours. We've been super excited about this since they. Well, mine doesn't come until Wednesday. Oh, you're so, oh, oh no! Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Apparently, it's on the the slow boat to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I've been super pumped about this. I've talked about it on the show before, but I'm a big fan of Ebbets Field Flannels. I've got a few of their hats, and when that, I mean, I when when we were tipped off on this, I just I about started drooling. I mean, like no joke. Just kind of like I wanted it was like Christmas. Like I wanted it to be tomorrow. I was so excited to get it. Um. <laughs> But yeah, mine came, it was the day we left for, we went on like a little micro trip for like 48 hours and, um, and it is really a good looking hat. Love the white, the the white Musgrave logo really pops off the blue in the front and it, this is not any fault of theirs because this is always a problem with me and hats, but I just have a big head. I just got a big head. (laughs) So I am on the last button on the the snapback back here and luckily so i just like i'm wearing it no matter what pulled it on and luckily it's loosened up over the last couple days and so i'm i've been enjoying it quite a bit keeping a a pencil in it at all times so nice how does that pencil sorry sorry go on mine uh i am a second to last hole yeah but my hair is very short right now and mine's kind of long so maybe maybe we'll balance out i feel (laughs) you how does the um the pencil sleeve work is it like a little dangly thing like like the um lights term like pen loop or is it a like built into the hat it's built yeah it's built into the hat and it's it's sewn in and it's 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 more like pronounced like when you don't have a pencil in it it's like more pronounced looking than i kind of expected it to be so it's it's not like as subtle you know uh but so, yeah, and, and it works it works pretty well i will say one tip at least in my experience is put the eraser in first and push it back because I've, when you push the point of the pencil through, I've had it like stab actually through the fabric, like a sharpened pencil. It just breaks right through. And it's so, so that works pretty well, but also there's a, you have to kind of be careful on the back side of it because the, the like little fold in the fabric that's sewn in on the back will sometimes kind of flap out when you push the pencil through, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's sort of like the holes tapered. So, Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so it, I, what I have developed a technique of putting, yeah, put the eraser in first in the front and then kind of like twist it back and forth as you move it back. <laughs> and then it just kind of shimmies its way in real, real nice. So, um, but yeah, I'm wearing it now. I've been wearing it all day and yesterday. And they, it looks like it's still for sale. So if mm-hmm. anybody missed out on the, the pre-sale, um, it's, it, it's not cheap. It's 60 bucks. Yeah. It's, 
pretty but, pretty on par with Ebbets Field hats. Um, they're but they're really really high quality, really well made. I mean, it's one of those that it's one of those things that you you get in hand and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I know why this is fifty nine dollars because I've my Tombow hat and I've got a couple Cubs hats that they've made uh, that I've had for a long time and worn constantly, and they basically look like they did the first day that I got them. So, um. Yeah, really great. And they're yeah, they're they're available now. I think they had said that there'd be pre-orders and then they'd have a limited stock of them once they showed up. So um yeah, I don't know. Don't miss out on them. They're really, really sharp. Really good looking. Yeah, did did you get the left-handed option, Andy? I did. I did. Awesome. I um I ordered a left-handed one and I ordered a right-handed one um for a friend of mine. But yeah, I, I love that they considered that. Yeah, that is a great touch. For sure. So so yeah, that's all I got. Nice. How about you, Johnny? Awesome. So um, I'm going to start off by talking about a pen that's sort mm. of salient right Save now for the other podcast. This isn't a fountain pen. This <laughs> okay. is like five pounds of brass with <laughs> really, really cool engraving. The um, Baron Fig Liberty pen, which um, it supports vote.org, but they didn't say like by how much so like i wonder if it's not all of it and these were made in america which is not something you usually see um from pens at all so um yeah it's like squire it's brass it says baron fig liberty and has um e pluribus unum on the other side and a really cool torch logo and like i like the the box that it comes in yeah i I don't want to sound like a jerk but it kind of makes some of the early ones look like toys just like bright colors with a logo. That like, one that is... looks like a freaking pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like a serious looking pen. It's really awesome. It's definitely the best one they've made so far, not counting erasable. Of course. <laughs> I think. And yeah, like Andy said, it came this one comes in a box instead of a tube, which is cool because I always drop the tubes. Like you know, the, if the pen's heavy, the bottom falls out. <laughs> well, um, it's, a, it's a case that can roll off your desk just like the pen can. <laughs> <laughs> How nice. Yeah. This is a very, very, it's got like really tightly fitting foam inside of it. That's very uh, pleasant. So yeah, did you, you have yours, Andy? I did. I filled up my ballot with mine. So oh, I am. Awesome. Um, exercising my my liberty every time i see it i that this is this is how much uh marketing jingles can get at you like every time i see it in my head i go liberty 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 (laughs) 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 so my only criticism is that it would have been cool if they made it in copper like the statue of liberty yeah and then like turn green but i just put a big crack in it like the liberty (laughs) 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 i guess nobody would use it and you know this will get used because brass looks better when you use it so that that's exciting i'm i'm i was very happy to get a free sample of that pen yeah mine has not arrived yet but i'm really excited to see it because i i'm wondering how it's different from the other brass because they had the other brass squire Um, i i think it's just the engraving i think it feels about as heavy as the key okay that's why i was curious do you agree with that johnny do you think it's different so i mean i haven't held my key in a long time so it just felt super heavy to me, but at least on mine, the engraving is like really in there. Like this pen is not messing around. So it just felt super beefy in a good way. It also does that thing that I don't like about brass pens is my fingers just smell like brass after I use it. <laughs> yeah. 
like I had to wash my hands after I, I filled up my ballot because I'm just like, it smelled like, like metal. So when I first read about, um, brass in, um, or the lead in brass pencil sharpeners, I came across this article that, um, where home brewers have some sort of method where they can get that smell and taste out of brass. So it doesn't corrupt their beer. And it was like pretty simple. I think it involved vinegar or something. Yeah. To Don't check it out. Maybe that. you could subject your pen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're, I mean, they're pretty solid. It'd probably survive okay. Yeah, I, I bet. That's a good experiment. Yeah. Sweet. And um, my only other quick mention is that I started doing a zine that goes along with my Yay. blog. And um, like big props to Ed, who was super inspiring. It's like so we awesome. Got, we got so much... Like Ed, if you're listening, we got so much positive feedback about the episode last week. Everybody really loved hearing about, about zines. Yeah, I like started immediately, and um, man, I had to go through like several different formats because I'm stupid and I can't work stuff. So it's just a very tiny little zine, but they're on Etsy, and there's still some left. So I'll put the the link in the show notes. I think it's smaller than the um, the small erasable zine or plumbago zine, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's super cute. It's way smaller. Yeah. It's very tiny. But I printed it on really heavy paper so it doesn't feel flimsy. It feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's all my fresh points. Cool. Um, my only fresh point is grab it here. Speaking of zines, um, is that at long last, at long, long last, we now have an issue of Plumbago. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> It was, um, I think I mentioned this last time, we had it printed uh, at Write Notepads, um, which is, was pretty great. It was fun to just like work with, um, work with Chris on that and, and his team. And it is, so it's, it's perfect bound. It, like if you, if you like the perfect bound Write Notepads, this should be really appealing visually to you because it is um, very familiar. Um, it's 40 pages and... We had, I think, 18 contributors. Um, we had a bunch of very short stories. Um, Tim, your brother-in-law, mm. did a did a story in here. He did like a little essay um, and a couple of tiny poems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He um, talked about the like a manifesto about tiny poems and then um, adapted from a <laughs> from a unpublished dissertation. I was going to say it's been so long since we've released this. Maybe it is published now? No, uh, I don't think so. Not. Not, not like publicly, even, you know, just in the like oh, okay. academic world. But Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, so he, yeah. he he shaved a little bit off of his gigantic dissertation to, and it, a great, <laughs> I great, I love that little, I love that little essay. It's, that it, yeah. if you knew him in person, you're just like, this is John. <laughs> like the, <laughs> he's he's very enthusiastic we, about this stuff. Yeah, I think, um, man, we should have him on sometime to talk about tiny poems and see how that because that would has, be awesome. He that has so many fun. interesting things to say about it. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to run more of it, but like, I seriously, like it would be the entire length of this book if we, (laughs) if we didn't like just pick out a piece, but had that, we had some really great tiny illustrations by Tiffany Babb, who is a friend of the show. Um, and like, like an illustration of a hairpin and an illustration of a piece of candy and a thumbtack and a pencil shavings. Um, yeah, lots and lots of great stuff. Uh, our friend Toffer, um, put together like like he really uh or they really use um index cards for a lot of things and uh they let us use some of their index cards for advice like self-help for like helping oneself 
um, accomplish things and see, you know, accomplish a win or something like that. So we ran that in the back of the book. Um, it's just really good. I, it turned out really well. I'm sorry that it took nine months to happen, but it's it's out. It's available to, for sale. Uh, we have a bunch of copies still. Um, so when y'all are getting your zines, um, if you if you're buying any pencils of the month um, zines from excuse me pencil of the week zines from Ed, um, Plumbago is now for sale in his distro. So that's all. Awesome. Copy there. Yeah. And that is uh, that's it for me. Do you guys want to jump into our our main topic? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tonight we're um, we're looking at a Halloween that's going to be unlike any other, uh, in that there are so many restrictions in place about trick or treating and large gatherings, um, whether if it's imposed by official channels or just through some general common sense. Um, what are your kids? What are your kids doing for Halloween? Have they figured it out yet? Oh man, we are like turning it into a like scavenger hunt basically at our house. So, hmm. so we're nice. doing, we're going to be like hiding some things. We'll have some games to play. Grandparents are going to come over and hang out. Um, our church is doing a like trunk of, you know, trunk or treat kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like <laughs> drive through, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's our, our church will get like 1500 people coming to this. So it's like a really, they, we do it every year and like a lot of people from the community show up and it's a lot of fun, but uh, so this year, my, my mom's actually going to be in town. So we're, Jane and I are going to be doing like a, a trunk. And then the kids are going to do the drive through like trick-or-treating with my mom. So, Fine. but at home, the actual night of, we're just going to probably watch, you know, like a Curious George Halloween movie or something. And do oh, some, I love that thing. <laughs> do some, uh, yeah, do like a, a little scavenger hunt treasure map kind of thing at the house. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Johnny? What are your kids doing? Um, I think my mom's having a Halloween party for uh, my kids and one of my brother's kids. And that's it. Nice. So they'll do like um, scavenger hunts and a pinata of some kind. Like I want to make a pinata of my brother, but he doesn't like <laughs> the idea. So you just want to be people beating him with a stick. No, I mean, it's like in good fun. Like I'll make one of you, Tom. I thought he'd, he'd say, I'll make one of you. And we'd have two, but <laughs> he didn't, he didn't take the bait. But yeah, similar to Tim, yeah. just chilling. I mean, we 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 read a lot of like Edgar Allan Poe and stuff like that during this month. Cool. I read Henry uh, the Casco Montiato. He was like, he only insulted him, and he did that. I'm like Henry, you don't know what he said, man. <laughs> it could have been really bad, and like where he said it. Moving he was on. throwing shade, Henry. He was throwing shade. <laughs> yeah, uh, poor Henry. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think we're just doing absolutely nothing. Maybe we'll watch an episode of a Halloween episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So, um, so while, while there's a lot of things that we're not going to be able to do, um, like we might during a regular Halloween, um, we're going to pull together just some, some media that we like to consume some stuff we're reading and watching and listening to. Um, maybe also just kind of like, you know, see, is there any like interesting spooky stationery that we can use? Um, so, um, well, obviously, <laughs> obviously we have the, um, uh, you know, the, the news, the 600 news, which is made up of you know, the ghosts of dinosaurs, yes. right? So yep. that's pretty Stole spooky. Right slash there. ghosts of dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anybody have any, um, any stationary that you think of, like when you, when you think Halloween or, you know, spookiness? Um, I yes. have one pencil. 
the uh the Ticonderoga quote unquote black from like twenty oh four, twenty oh five. Oh yeah. When they the were really, really matte one. Yeah, that thing because it's matte, it sucks up all the light. And it smells amazing and it's a really nice pencil, but it is sort of ghostly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. The first thing that popped into my head was the Lenore pencil, which of course is something that people like can't find, but that's like a pretty perfect Halloween pencil with the black and the, the orange foil stamp. But I'm, I'm telling you, Tim, we should have grabbed a oh, handful. Gosh, yeah. We I were, was just thinking about <laughs> that. In we were storage room. And Moses was like, what are you guys doing back here? <laughs> like nothing r- rooting through the back stock and found like a whole box of them. It's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's the first thing that popped in my head. The other thing that popped into my head is down at the bottom of the, the Google docs. So you guys got to scroll down. Have you ever seen this? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to describe this to yes, us? Yes, I will describe it. So what we've got here is a is a cute little DIY project that you can do, which involves taking the head of a doll, stabbing one of the eyes out, and implanting a sharpener inside of the doll's head so that the shavings come out of the mouth. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Yeah, and so I remember seeing this a long time ago, and so this is the first thing that popped into my head. But it's about the—I think this is like got to be the scariest possible uh, stationary item of all time. I mean, I can't remember. Pretty scary. It's pretty freaky, especially the doll I chose with the 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 penciled on eyebrows that are you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that 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 Lenore pencil, and then the sort of like demon baby pencil sharpener face. Initially, came Demon Baby my... Pencil Sharpener is the name of my new puck pan. <laughs> That's the name of my zine. Or maybe yeah. the episode of this. Yeah, or maybe the name of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I always, honestly, I always think of the Rhodia pencil um, just because it's oh, just so cool. classically um, orange and black. Um, and, and really, like, not in like a, like, Draplin's orange and black motifs are just not super Halloween y. I don't know if it's like the, because he uses such an industrial orange, but like, the rhodia orange is like pretty, pretty pumpkiny. Yeah, I was thinking of the, uh, and I, I think I sent you guys a picture of this. This was years ago, but I really liked taking the Blackwing twenty four and putting an orange eraser in it. I think mm, we were, mm-hmm. did like the Halloween. Uh, yeah, for that one, but that was that's really cool looking because that orange, that's a very Halloweeny orange, uh, and with an that's all black true. pencil, was really a really cool option. That's a good one. Yeah. I also really like, I mean, I just said that the tra- the Draplin orange is not very Halloween-y, but I also really like the, um, oh shoot, is the Eek, the E-E-E-E-K field notes. Oh yeah. It's the oh, yeah. Draplin factory floor edition that um, that he released as sort of like an accompaniment of his book. Um, when that came out and it's like, like really rich orange, like pages and then like a black cover with like an orange foil stamp. It's pretty. And then it's called eek too. So that's pretty spooky. <laughs> and there's a pencil that matches it too. Is there? Oh, it yeah. Is. Yeah. You're right. You're right. One yeah. One. I forgot cool. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have, I think I still have a, a single or two of those, those around. Yeah. Um, any other stationary things that come to mind? I think, I think you're right, Tim, like the, the doll head pencil sharpener is really like, you know, the, the pinnacle. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I we, mean, yeah, and Raven's wing from field notes and Lenore from right. Notepads. Those are pretty low hanging. Yeah, yeah, sure. And there's, yeah, and, and, and we're going to choose to avoid the, the just endless 
avalanche of just garbage pencils that have like ghosts and stuff on them because there's oh yeah there's all that stuff oh yeah my house yeah it's been two halloweens since some monster gave my kids each a bag of halloween erasers (laughs) Mm. i've been finding them all over our house for two years (laughs) someone (laughs) needs to egg that house there there was seriously like 40 40 of them in each of the bags. I was just like, wow. I remember getting home and be like, no, no, they can't, <laughs> no. They can't but, give them away fast enough. Yeah. And they have been at, they're everywhere. I mean, I find them. I found one today just like on the floor. Like wow. Theo was like sniffing it. And I was like, it's a little like, <laughs> just don't eat that I a little like spider web eraser. I was like, nah. and I took it. And every time I see no. it, I like, grab it and throw it in the trash. I'm like, they, they don't like even the work. Size of a penny. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from Target. Yeah. They're floating around our place too. Yeah. And like you, you try actually erasing with it and just like the whole thing just sort of like crumbles just off. Just cracks in half. Yeah. It basically has like the consistency of like feta cheese. Just leaves like a black <laughs> smear across the page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just comes right off. Hmm. Want to move on to, to books? Anybody have any favorite um, like novels or f- full length books of that are spooky or fun? Yeah. Um, do you want to go first, Jim? Sure. I don't want yeah. to shank you. <laughs> shank away shank away it's a very um, halloween verb <laughs> i so the first one that pops in my head which is uh maybe like an obvious choice but it is legitimately one of the scariest books i've read was Coraline by neil gaiman oh yeah because i had seen the movie you know whenever it came out before i even was like into neil gaiman and when I read the book, like I found myself like legit kind of disturbed at certain points of it, like with the way he, the, the descriptions of the sort of other world parents. And it just, it was, I just had like a very like visceral reaction to like being in this creepy alternate universe. Yeah. Cause the, the, um, the movie the, makes it the like scene a scene in the musical. basement was really unnerving. Yeah, yeah. 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 And like the, the movie makes it feel like a musical, you know, it's like all like, there's like dancing and singing and these musical numbers. Like, but the book is just like, just like dark and sad. And like, um, the, the parents aren't as like goofy as they are in the movie. They're just like actually kind of a bummer, you know? Um, so that one <laughs> came to mind, uh, immediately. And then another kind of obvious choice, but, uh, Stephen King, um, coming to mind and the, uh, the novella, the mist, Hmm. Um, so, have you read that is one? That Stephen King? Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. It um <laughs> I get so confused because there's so many things like the mist. There's like the dome. Oh yeah. Under uh, under the dome. Yeah. But um yeah, I've I haven't read the mist, but I yeah, it looks really I think really there's good. A, I think there's a couple like sort of okay movie versions that were made or something. Um but it is a it is a very disturbing book in like the sense that like I tend not to be like actually freaked out by things that seem like they could never happen. You know, like the, the, the scariest stuff is the stuff that like, you know, like where you take a normal situation and then you twist one thing to just make it that much more disturbing. Like just one thing's one thing's off, but the mist is like totally unbelievable that something like this would happen. But there's just this like carnivorous mist that covers this little town. And everybody's trying to figure out how to get like, from place to place, you basically meet all these characters and then they all get stuck in separate locations dealing with this mist. That's like taking over the town. 
And so it really turns into like, you know, the mist is freaky, but like the especially freaky part is like the humans like stuck together. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I really like that. I, I like his, his, uh, his novellas are some of my, my, that's my favorite thing of his to read. And he just put out a new collection of them recently. It's called like, if it bleeds or something like that, which I haven't what? read. I haven't read any of those yet, but I, I've got it. I just haven't, haven't gotten to it yet. So the, that, that, uh, that definitely comes to mind. It's just like a, a scary, scary book. And yeah, poems. I don't really have any, nothing really comes to mind for, for, a, for a scary poem, but those are, those are the three that really like stand out to me. Cool. Nice. How about you, Johnny? Um, for full length book, definitely House of Leaves by Mark Danielewski. Um, when did it come out? I guess it's about twenty years old now. Did you guys read that when it came out? I feel like I did, but I don't remember anything about it. So I didn't know his sister was the singer Poe, and that her second album called Haunted oh, yeah. was sort of a companion to this book, which is mm-hmm. cool. So mm-hmm. let's see if I remember right. So it's. The format of the book is that it's a scholarly book by a guy who doesn't exist about a film called the Navidson record that doesn't exist by a filmmaker who doesn't exist. And then it's sort of, I guess, narrated in a way by a character named Johnny who writes all over it. Hmm. And like the house has this weird feature where um, when you go in the closet, the closet's bigger than it should be. And then, you go in and now the closet is the size of a basement and then the closet turns into another world and it changes and it's just so freaking creepy. Um, but at the end it's, uh, it's a really good ending and it, it rewards a uh, good close reading. I'll say that. Um, and for a short story, I would go with the telltale heart by Edgar Allan Poe, even though it's kind of on the nose. Cause um, you know, the idea that, something sense related would drive me nuts and make me do something crazy. It's sort of haunting. And, um, that's like a staggering story when you think about when it came out, you know, yeah. that's, that's one of those where like, it's so kind of, yeah, like on, like you said, on the nose, but like we all read it when we're in high school or whatever, and we're all familiar with it. But like, when you think about when it was written and when it came out, like that probably would have been like a super terrifying story, story for people to, yeah. Re- I mean, I find read. it horrifying. Like, mm-hmm. You kill the guy for no reason? Just because his, his, his eye looks weird? you out? <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as you did it, you were like, oh, no, oh, no, they're going to find it. Like, oh, it's creepy. And um, I'm going for On the Nose even more for The Raven. Um, I feel like no one pays attention, or not no one, everyone pays attention to what a pretty poem it is and the lyrics and not like what horrifying story it is that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm really sad. I lost this lady. And a bird comes in and you're like, hey, are you here to distract me? No. Am I ever going <laughs> to see her again? No. Nope. Like, is there any hope? No. <laughs> well, will you get the F off my door? No. I'm like, God. It's uh, it's funny because like the poem, sometimes the raven can feel really cliche. But the reason it's so cliche is because it's the one who like standardized it, right? Like that's the, that's what everything else is like based off of. It's horrifying. Yeah. All I ever did think give of us the is best the team name. All I ever think of is the Simpsons, the Simpsons episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, I ever have think the of toy of that, that my brother so gave good. me. Yeah, <laughs> never more, never more, never more. <laughs> Which itself is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, um, those are my book 
reading type things. How about you, Andy? Nice. Um, oh boy. Um, couple that came to mind. Um, so I, I don't usually like seek out scary Halloween horror, horror things. Um, but, um, a few did come to mind. Um, speaking of Stephen King, one of just my favorite novels, and I think we just talked about it, didn't we? Um, 11, 63, um, which is, I, I feel like it's, it's scary sort of like on incident, right? Like it's, there's like this element of this, like very time travel story, um, that just like, you know, you're messing with reality, the fabric of reality and things just sort of like fall apart. And then like all of these things in the universe happens to try to stop you from, from it like resists you changing, changing history. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's about a guy who discovers a portal to, um, to the sixties and he decides to try to stop the assassination of JFK. So to me, like the, the scariest part is just like the idea that the, the universe is like malevolent, malevolently trying to stop you from doing something. And so all of these like really like gruesome things fall into place and like a big thing happens like on Halloween. It's yeah, it's a really, really good book. They made a pretty decent, um, we just talked about this last week or last time. Pretty decent Hulu series out of it too. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a really good one. Um, another one that's not like, yeah, that's not really scary, but is a really good ghost story. Um, is uh, I've definitely talked about it on here before. Um, it's called her feel for, her fearful symmetry by Audrey Niffenegger, um, the author of the Time Traveler's Wife, and that is about um, oh, like a um, twin some twin sisters and one of them dies and becomes a ghost and it's like a little bit about the mechanics of being a ghost from the ghost size and various others um come through and it it just feels very like a modern kind of like victorian um story a little bit of a love story um just a really good i i don't think they've ever made that into a movie or a series but i'm surprised because it feels very um the universe is very well hashed out that's a good one. Have you have either of you ever read that read that book? No. Yeah. It's a really good title though. No, I haven't. Yeah. It's a really good title. Yeah. Um <laughs> when you were talking like when I was looking at this document and kind of filling it out, Johnny, um, I was looking at the short stories and the essays and I immediately thought of have either of you remember a children's author named Bruce Coville? Johnny, you might you might be a little too old for it. Damn. Um, <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I didn't mean that. Do you remember? Do you know who Bruce Coville is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Tim, do you know who Bruce Coville is? I don't. No. Okay, there's this. Um, oh man, he was my favorite author when I was a kid. But um, he writes um, a lot of young adult um, slash um, adolescent um, like science fiction. And like he had a whole series called uh, My Teacher Ate My Homework, <laughs> which is, uh, no, Aliens Ate My Homework. And there's one called like My Teacher is an Alien and lots of really like he does a lot of series um, from like the like the early to mid 90s. And he had this whole series of books about it's called Bruce Coville's Book of Book of Monsters. And sometimes they were a little wacky, like sometimes they're about monsters, sometimes they're about ghosts. He had one about aliens, he had one about like nightmares and the thing that just scared the pants off of me when I was a kid was the um, there was I, I think the book of nightmares um, had 
things written by other authors too. And somebody wrote a uh, thing about Bloody Mary, which is, you know, if you're familiar with that, it's like the the scary demon lady who crawls out of your mirror if you light candles and say her name three times, like like 13 times. I don't know if either of you had that myth going around. Oh yeah, and Candyman. Yeah. So, um, oh man, <laughs> I, my friend and I, um, read that one about, it's called, um, through the mirror, uh, by Ann Mazer, um, in that book. And who it was, uh, like we just psyched ourselves up <laughs> and we actually <laughs> sat down and tried to summon bloody Mary and we couldn't do it. We couldn't get all the way through <laughs> based on that book. So, um, yeah, Bruce Coville's great. And that, that book has a God, like as a, eight-year-old or whatever was so freaky yeah and i honestly don't know if i have any spooky poems in mind like the raven is a really is a really good one um for sure but i i i I can't think of any like spooky poems that like you know i've i've thought about or processed yeah um tv and film yes all right yeah What's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, things to watch? So I'm kind of like you were saying earlier. I am not one to like gravitate towards scary viewing, <laughs> like horror films. And I've been telling myself this since I was a kid. So it was probably just because I got scared at some point and just started saying this. But it always, I, I always say that it doesn't entertain me. Like I just, I just don't feel entertained when I'm being frightened you know, by, by something, it has to be a, there has to be something that draws me to it besides just the fact that it's scary. <laughs> and so two recently that popped to mind immediately, cause I just love these movies and they also freaked me out was, uh, get out in a quiet place, uh, mm. which both kind of have a storyline that makes them compelling besides just the fact that they're scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> And a quiet place is a little more like is is a little simpler, but just the idea of like a movie where people can't speak, you know, like that, that intrigued me enough. And then John Krasinski, who is like, you know, Emily Blunt, who are both awesome. So that, that drew me to that one, which I, I really, really enjoyed. And I get told constantly, by the way, that I look like John Krasinski and that I act like John Krasinski. Hmm. I should say John Krasinski in the office, not like, (laughs) <laughs> outside, but just like Jim in the office. People don't say John Krasinski. They say Jim in the office. Um, and, then, and then when so they that say that, that you look toward the like camera and just kind of shrug. That he, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, you were breaking up a little bit, so I don't know what you said. So I'm, I'm pretending. I'm, I was, I was going to start laughing, but I don't know what you said. <laughs> just, um, I said um, every time somebody tells you that, you uh, you look at the camera and you just shrug. Yeah, I kind of do, but like, I, I, I'll, <laughs> like when I'm teaching, like I'll look at somebody else in the room and just kind of like shrug and <laughs> smile when somebody says something ridiculous. Uh, but so a quiet place was great. I really had like, a good time watching that. And that was one that I remember, like, I remember where I was when I watched it. And that's one that I'll, I'll want to watch again, but get out was just, I mean, it's so, I mean, I know everybody's been saying this for years, but that movie is uh, terrifying and compelling for all the like that it, that it uh, addresses and it's so well done And Josh from the off or Josh from West wing just yeah freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but also like a kind of a, a, not like a less conventional choice that came to mind was the movie sunset Boulevard. Have you guys ever watched that? 
Like the the musical? No, the, well, the like old 1950 film Sunset Boulevard, where mm. there's like this like silent film star is like refusing to believe that her career is coming to an end, and she like gets this young screenwriter that helps her like set up her movie comeback, but the the screenwriter thinks he can like manipulate her to be something that she's not, but he finds out that she's wrong and she's this like agoraphobic kind of crazy person. And that that, that like kind of like fell into this world of like a scary movie that it made me want to watch it again. I mean, um, it just sort of everything ends up leading into just like violence and madness and craziness. And so that, <laughs> that is a, a like a non-traditional sort of horror film that I think is, is worth rewatching. And I'm, I'm planning to do that sometime soon. And then as far as series didn't really have anything to offer except Treehouse of horrors. Uh, yes. episodes of the Simpsons, which we referred to earlier. And I think, and if I remember right on Disney plus, they have these like playlists made like Simpsons playlists. And I think you can just like choose to watch all the Treehouse of horrors and it like brings them together for you, which, Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to be hunting that down for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. How about you, Johnny? So, um, my favorite Halloween film is actually not scary at all. It's kind of silly by Tim Burton called Sleepy Hollow, which everybody turns out has seen. Have you guys seen this like 50 times like I have? As in like The Legend of? No, well, yeah. Like the, Ichabod Crane and all that stuff? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it doesn't follow the uh, the short story very closely. Hmm. But you you haven't seen this? I don't think I have. I think it's on Netflix right now. It's. Awesome. They made it in 99. It had Christina Ricci when we all had crushes on her. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> who else? Was, like, everybody was in it. The guy who played the Emperor in Star Wars was in it. Uh, Michael Gambon. And um, Christopher Walken, in his heyday, he plays the Hessian with the sharpened teeth. <laughs> but, like, you know, all the gore is pretty, like, over the top. Like, he traps at a tree and blood's flying everywhere. It's all kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Insofar as that could be funny. And uh Christopher Lee has like a cameo in the in the beginning as a judge. He's like Sleepy Hollow. It's really good. Um and a movie that actually is kind of scary is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Um I don't know how to say what it's about without giving them giving it all away, but it's this lady who's taking care of an old lady in a house and it's a weird house. And the acting is really good because most of it is just you know, her reaction to things. And um, finally, Communion. Have you guys seen the movie or read the book? By, uh, I have not. Whitley no. Stryber, like, I used to have nightmares about this, like, every night when I was a teenager. Like, it just scared the hell out of me because the aliens come and get him out of Brooklyn. I was like, oh, my God. What are they, like, interdimensional? And, um, oh, this is so creepy. Hmm. Like, don't even look at the cover. It's. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a... Like a Catholic horror movie. No. Because <laughs> it's called Communion. <laughs> What's a good Catholic horror movie? I, I don't know. The, the Keepers. The Exorcist. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um, I'm going to copy off Tim and say the Bob's Burgers Halloween episodes. Those are all really good. They, um, I like yeah, how they, they do a Halloween, a Thanksgiving, and Christmas episode every year. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with The Haunting of Hill House, which wasn't like scary scary i mean it was creepy but it was so good and then the next installment or not next installment it's good it's like a, um 
oh god, what's the word? Where it's a different different storyline and different characters every season, but they reuse the same actors. Um, called the the Haunting of Bly Mansion, I think. That looks equally awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, it's good if you watch it, you know, by yourself at night, as those things are. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like. Like Tim, I usually like would watch something if it is like really culturally culturally relevant or if there's something else that kind of like gets me. So kind of that like jump scare that a lot of horror films have or like the torture porn that, you know, like like Saw has or something like that. I'm just like I just mostly try to avoid those. But um so like maybe ten ish years ago, um a friend of mine organized a like Halloween um like film fest at his house and it was really good and it just really stuck with me. Um, and we watched, um, three films from, from like the seventies and eighties, um, the early eighties. Um, one was called don't look now. And has anybody read the book or, um, we watched the film. I don't think I've even heard of it. It's, um, it's a Daphne du Maurier uh, story and like who wrote Rebecca, um, and there was a, a movie they made out of it with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. Um, there, there was a kind of gratuitous uh, sex scene in it, and you see all of Don, Donald Sutherland. It was, not, it, was, it was a little, it was a little hard to watch. <laughs> More than uh, Animal House, <laughs> yeah. So somebody said you see Donald Sutherland. Um, <laughs> um, it was really good. It's about Donald Sutherland. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, besides that. Um, it's about a, a couple who loses a child and they, they go to Venice to sort of get away from it. And there's this just like, I won't spoil it, but there's sort of this like, it's really suspenseful chase scene around Venice. Um, it's really good. We watched one called the, the changeling, which is about a house that's, that's haunted. Um, also about a dead child. <laughs> this wasn't like specifically around dead children, but it was a really, really good sort of like haunted house story. Um, that the from uh, 1980, and then we watched uh, Black Christmas, which was kind of the first ever slasher movie. Um, that was it's from 1974, so it's like really old and really kitschy. Marco Kidder's in it, but um, it's it's I think I think it's the start of that trope that's like the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I just think about that movie fest a, a lot just because it had a lot of really interesting um just kind of like old scary movies in it not like old 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 um but just kind of like the the start of like modern scary movies um as far as tv shows and series i watch um there's a couple of really really good spooky tv shows um like spooky episodes from doctor who um there's this one called blink uh if anybody i don't think either of you are not doctor who fans right yeah, it's, there's so much. I don't know where to start. There's Not so really. much. Um, these are these are actually really good standalone episodes because they don't really have a lot of like Doctor Who lore in them. Um, it's kind of about these these beings called the Weeping Angels that um, they are they are stuck as statues whenever you uh, are looking at them, but the moment you look away, they they can strike, and they're just really really freaky. Um, but in just kind of one of those those good ways where they play. I think Johnny, you said that um, haunting of Hill house plays with like memory and sanity uh, in really interesting ways. This plays a lot with sort of like perception and um, observation, I guess. So how can something be scary if 
like and 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 we as the audience also never see these things move um but yet they're just terrifying so yeah blink is a really good episode um definitely definitely you can get a lot out of it if you know if you've never seen doctor who um and then also uh do either of you remember a series from um a children's show series from 90 like early 90s called eerie eerie indiana yeah yeah no i don't it was um this time, this time I'm going to turn around you Tim. You might be too young, but it was <laughs> like this very specific like <laughs> like age group. Um and they only did it for like two seasons. Um and it was set in this this fictional small town in Indiana called Erie, Indiana. Um E E R I E. And mm-hmm. there are a bunch of it's kind of like kind of goosebumpsy. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh yeah. Um Oh, I didn't even mention Goosebumps when it came to books. I read a yeah, lot of I Goosebumps. didn't mention Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Did you guys watch Are like You Afraid of the Dark? Like all that stuff. Yeah, I guess, Johnny, you might be too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. 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 I, I had a younger brother. Horror. Two younger brothers. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so, yeah, Erie, Indiana had a lot of, like, interesting, um, just interesting plots in it. Kind of Twilight zone kind of... Um, Kind of, are you afraid of the darky? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and then also, it, no, sorry, no. it actually screwed up my ability to spell like eerie because <laughs> it first, has two e's. Yeah, for the first like thirty-eight years of my life, I couldn't yeah. spell it right. Yeah, like Lake Erie is not spooky eerie. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, and then finally, like just one of the just like best kind of like scary TV shows out there, I think ever is Stranger Things. They just capture yeah, like a gosh. without like I mean they they hit on the nostalgia note for like those kind of like old eighties um, movies and shows, but also like just are very novel and like really good at in and of themselves as well. So love Stranger Things. The first two seasons came out like around Halloweenish, and it was just such a perfect thing to just kind of like watch in the dark alone <laughs> near Halloween. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the first season was extra creepy. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, you're like, what is that thing? Yeah. Why does it say it's look like a flower made of teeth? So good. It does look like a flower made of teeth. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you ruined flowers. <laughs> and finally, listening. Um, I don't know if I have anything at all to contribute to this, but I know Johnny and Tim, if I know you too, you have you have some good good music for this. What what do you think, Tim? The main thing that came to mind, and this is like, I stand by this fully. This is the only, only thing I'll mention are the soundtracks made by Nick Cage and Warren Ellis, who Nick Cage of the Bad Seeds fame. Um, They do incredible film soundtracks. And the two that pop into my mind immediately is The Road, which is a novel I could have talked about earlier uh, by Cormac McCarthy, the the film made, they did the soundtrack. And so their soundtracks are always... Um, it's basically this sort of like dirge, kind of like slow, kind of swirling sound, but it's usually some combination of guitar, violin, and like an organ most of the time. Hmm. And I, I listen to them. I, they definitely have some tracks that are just super eerie, but it's it's also weirdly relaxing. So <laughs> I'll listen to those while I write. I'll play them in class sometimes, like just to like, do something a little different, but they also did the soundtrack for the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford with oh, Brad man, Pitt. That's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those soundtracks are just 
amazing and the uh but they're very simple they can be very kind of like soothing but also like go dark real fast and i think there's i think there's a whole like as far as halloween listening i don't have anything i would listen to that's like has words you know but there's lots of like soundtracks kind of come to mind as is carrying a lot of like of a you know a big scary punch to them yeah and then the news i guess would be the only <laughs> other thing mine. i would mention <laughs> did i really <laughs> oh yeah, yeah npr npr <laughs> yeah i guess i could say twitter too can i can i put twitter on here <laughs> oh um, my god or the rush limbaugh show Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, uh, how about yeah, you? That's it for me, Johnny. Yeah. So, um, I would put three albums. Um, first, uh, Tool Undertow. I don't know. I don't remember why, but I remember when I first got it, and I was fourteen. That some parts of it just freaked me out because there are all these weird hidden tracks, and some of them don't exist, and some are like ten seconds long. And then it goes into that weird rant at the end about carrots on track 69. About carrots? (laughs) Yeah, he he plays a southern preacher who talks about the angel of the Lord came unto me and talked about not letting the carrots get eaten by the rabbits because it's their holocaust. And it was weird. Um. Yeah, so that one and um, Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson, just because they're like, hey, if you could turn horror movies into like sort of punky rock in the mid 90s, there you go. And like, you see you see the cover. It's freaky. That was during his super weird phase. Um, and last one, like the darkest album I've ever heard is The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, which is like so dark but not melodramatically dark you know Trent Reznor writes good stuff he's a smart guy and you know the title Mm -hmm. is called The Downward Spiral it's so you know you've heard Hurt and Johnny Cash's cover anything with that song on it is pretty black hole-ish yeah so yeah I mean that'll make you feel better about your life listen to that for a while you're like geez (laughs) this virtual school is not so bad <laughs> oh man, one other thing that pops into my mind that is not scary in any way. Well, actually it might be horrifying to some people because I'm going to mention the band Fish. Um which <laughs> scares some people. <laughs> but Fish that makes me want to bring that up because they've got all these like, you know, this crazy catalog of live recordings. And in 94, every time they've played on Halloween, they've done this tradition where they've covered an entire album. Basically, like they go to Halloween as another band. And you can listen to a lot of them. Brilliant. Yeah, some of them were recorded um, or like officially released, but all of them are out there. But some of them you can buy like at, you know, Barnes and Noble or whatever. But they've done full like cover to cover cover uh, covers, (laughs) cover to cover covers (laughs) of like Quadrophenia by The Who, Remain in Light by Talking Heads, Loaded by The Velvet Underground. They did Exile on Main Street by The Rolling Stones. They did The White Album. They did The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. And they just learn an entire album, like start to finish. And they do it in their own, like, very, like, fishy, kind of, like, messy way. But they learn them so fast. You know, they'll spend, like, a couple weeks learning an entire album. And then they'll perform the whole thing, like, uh, start to finish, which is pretty entertaining to hear them, like, basically just like try to get through it 
<laughs> so I have to mention that too, because I had, I had some good times listening to their, uh, it's like one of their official live recordings where they cover uh, the two that pop out to me are the loaded by velvet underground. And then the, the white album to play the entire white album, which is such a weird album to cover start to finish. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's ambitious. All right, guys. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we're releasing another episode before Halloween happens. So um, you'll have a good, good Halloween. And uh, remember to vote if you don't. <laughs> Should we? Yeah. <laughs> don't, make, don't make this world any scarier than it is. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you vote. Yeah, that's the real All Hallows Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should we button this up? Yeah, I've got yeah. packing to do. Moving to Scotland. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> gonna stay with Eric. Eric Lansko. He said it before as a joke. One day I'm gonna show up at his door and be like, dude, I hope you weren't <laughs> kidding because you you've got really nice taste in coffee. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Well, Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at pencilrevolution.com on social media at Pencilution, and now you can buy my crap at yeah, Etsy.com slash shop slash pencil revolution. Nice. How about you, Tim? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Cool. And I am uh, at Andy.WTF and on Instagram and Facebook. No, the other one, Twitter as at a Wellfley. Uh, and this is the erasable podcast. Um, you can find uh, this episode, episode 151. If you go to erasable.us slash 151 to find uh, show notes and, uh, and a recording of this show. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram as at Erasable Podcast. You can come join our Facebook group, uh, one of the friendliest bunches of people on the internet, at facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable. Um, and uh, you can support us on Patreon. Um, we rely on um, really dedicated listeners like you to um, help us generate a little bit of revenue to cover the cost of hosting fees and to uh, keep us in pencils. Um so uh, you can go to patreon.com slash erasable for that. Uh, and we just want to thank before we go a couple, um, just a few uh, producer level Patreon supporters um, for their generous support. So thank you to Alex, Jonathan Brown, Ali, Sarah, Andrew Squish, Anne Sipe, Bob Ostwald, Bobby Lutzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzkis, Dave McDonald, Dave Tubman, Fourth Letter, our friend Gary Varner, Dr. Hans Noodleman, Hunter McCain, Jacqueline Myers, James Dominguez, James Spears, Jason Dill, Jamelia, Joe Crace, John Bainan, Judy Molnar, KP, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Leslie Tuzo, Mary Collis, Measure Twice, Michael Dialosa, Michael Hagen, Millie Blackwell, O.A. Pryor, Random Thinks, Stuart Lennon, Tana Feliz, Terry Beth Ledbetter, and Tyler Hederet. So thank you so much to all of those amazing supporters. Uh, that is, that's incredible support. So thank you all, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon.